The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of First and Ten right here on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. Your host right here, of course, myself, Dave Sturcio, joined by two of the primo writers of bloggingtheboys.com. That is Tony Catalina, Aiden Davis. Fellas, we just watched a uh, a heck of a championship Sunday. Just when you thought last week, you know, you wouldn't get anything better than that with all these walk-off field goals and all this crazy hype you get the two games that we witnessed tonight and obviously i'm talking about the fact that we have a super bowl it is set up it is the cincinnati bengals to take on the los angeles rams now let me ask you guys this honest to god tony starting with you did you pick either of these teams to go to the super bowl this year (laughs) not at the beginning i mean once the field got picked out i thought the rams were a, a nice choice but i definitely didn't have the Bengals in there aiden yeah at the beginning of the year i will say that I was kind of partial to the Rams making it to the Super Bowl just because of how they ended last year and then you add Stafford. But then throughout the year, I was I was sure it was either going to be the Bucks or the Packers. And yeah, I did I don't think anybody if you predicted the Bengals to go to the Super Bowl, you're lying to yourself because that is insane. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of wonder and I, I was telling you know Aiden this and pre before we started recording, I said, you know, I often daydream, you know, in in times like this, we see the teams that get to hoist their AFC and NFC championship trophy and they're in this moment and they're going to the Super Bowl. Like, guys, we're just like a couple seasons removed from the Cincinnati Bengals being one of the laughing stocks in football, you know, and now here we are as Dallas Cowboys people and fans and media and just, you know, uh, people that just keep holding on to hope. Tony, how far away are the Dallas Cowboys to being the Cincinnati Bengals? Where, like, they have the young, if you compare them, like, if you just compare them straight from the surface, McCarthy's obviously your old school coach. He's sticking around, right? According to everything that we've read and heard, right? There, he's no Zach Taylor. You know, Zach Taylor's a young, you know, maybe a new style offense. I don't know. Is that Kellen Moore that we have? I don't know. But, like, Comparing the two, like, how far are we apart from the Bengals? Like, there was times over the, the course of this year where, like, and I don't take too much into account of these power rankings that come out. I never like them. I never understand them. It doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't, unless my team's number one, I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, like, the Bengals were, like, ranked above Dallas a couple times, and I was just like, what? what is this? You know? So, honestly, how far are we apart from the Bengals right now? And I know they're in the AFC, but, like, you know, just generally speaking. 
it, it's crazy. It's tough to tell because I think I think both of y'all might agree with me that I thought maybe this year was the best chance we had. And going into this off season, I'm a, I'm a little I'm a little nervous. I'm a little perplexed because. You know, there are so many free agents. There are some key players, um, you know, that can be signed, that can walk out the door. So um, when you go 12 and 5, sweep your division and then, you know, get punched in the mouth on the wild card round, it kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. I do love the fact that Dan Quinn is back and it looks, you know, Kellen Moore comes back. And I know there's divisive ways people feel differently about Kellen Moore possibly than um not me myself, but just in general, I feel that it's good to have the gang back together. I mean, honestly, we were on this show a couple of weeks ago, and you know, when we talk about the roundtables, we thought that we might have lost both uh, coordinators. It looks like we're going to keep both of them, so I think that has some value. But as far as the Bengals go, it just shows to tell you, it goes to show you, like when you bring some winners in that building, and they can just change your franchise. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, those are guys that just like. They know how to win, and that's all that Joe Burrow does. Like, I mean, you could just see it the way the kid struts into the game and the way he just carries himself. The kid's just a born winner. I don't think the Cowboys are too, too far away, but it's going to take, um, you know, a little bit of a culture change because we saw a lot of blaming. We saw a lot of woes me from this team, and and I don't think we're hearing any of that from the Cincinnati Bengals right now. Well, I mean, it's easy not to hear any complaints when you're winning, so that that, that definitely helps. That's a remedy. Aiden, you know, he said something about Joe Burrow being a natural-born winner, right? And he's won everywhere he's gone. Which, by the way, I think my dad was the one digging up a stat. There's only two quarterbacks in history to win a national championship and win a Super Bowl. And one of them is uh, is on the Dallas Cowboys. You know what I mean? And that's Roger. Um, the other one was Joe Montana, I believe. Um, but, like, when he said – I could be wrong. I mean, I, this – you know, it's my dad. And, you know, if anything, blame him. Why? What was I that, heard Aiden? Joe – I heard Joe Namath on the broadcast today, but I don't know if that's true either. Joe Namath won a championship with Alabama and then won with the Jets. That's when when they said it on the broadcast today. I thought it was weird that both of the quarterbacks they named were named Joe, but <laughs> I could be com- I could be completely wrong about that. Could be, could be. Um, but no, when uh, you know, so Tony alluded to just you know Joe Burrow being a natural born winner, right? Is Dak Prescott a natural-born winner? Is this the guy that we have on our team right now, or are we have to, are we going to have to go down the search for a Joe Burrow hole like in, in a couple years from now when that contract's up? Like, do you think that Dak has this moxie to, to get it done, despite the fact that, like, you know, again, there's a lot of people writing him off already, which is to me is asinine. But I'll just look. People, people like to overreact when you're in the Cowboys community. You're either the 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 best of the best or you're the absolute worst, right? Does Dak Prescott have what Joe Burrow has? It's tough to say no to that just because when you see the fire that Dak's playing with, like, I mean, we're going to go back to it for a while, but that Seattle game where Dak, the Seattle playoff game in 2018, when Dak literally just willed his team to a win and the way that he was fired up after those long runs that he ripped off, it's you you see that he really wants to win and he's not a quarterback that's just going to go out there and just play just cuz he has to. I do think Dak in terms of a pure will to win, I think Dak's up there among the best. Now, I just I just don't know why it, we didn't see like I don't know why Dak comes out in a playoff game against the Niners and we see a less than optimal performance. I don't think any of us were really impressed by what we saw in Dak's game against the Niners. So it's just that weird disconnect where 
I really do think he wants to win. I just don't know what's happening where, I mean, the Rams game in 2018, that wasn't a great game by any means from Dak. And then he, he played well at the end. And then you got this year where it just looked horrible for three quarters. So I do think he's a winner. I just, we, we need to be proven of it because he, clearly he wants to win, but we haven't seen it yet play out. Tony alluded to the fact that Dan Quinn is coming back. That was our headlines uh, for our Dallas Cowboys media is that Dan Quinn uh, will be back as the defensive coordinator, which I wholeheartedly am in love with the fact that this is happening only because simply because continuity and like just back with your boys. And uh, Tony, I got to ask you, do you think he turned down jobs or do you think that he didn't get any jobs and that's why he's back? You know, it's tough to say. I mean, we're going to hear, you know, he wanted to be here and this is what he wanted to do. But I think the reality of the situation is it, it's entirely plausible that he went there. He um, he did all these interview process and maybe he didn't hear things he liked or maybe uh, teams are going to go the other way. And he did mention at the end of the day, he had a great time. He felt like he really enjoyed himself in Dallas. He likes what they're building. And it was a comfortable situation to come back to. If he wasn't comfortable in Dallas, he didn't like the way the dynamic was, because I know everybody likes to th say Jerry and Stephen Jones be stepping on the, to uh, the toes of the coaches. But I don't think Dan Quinn's the type of guy that likes to be told what to do. And I think if Jerry and them were overbearing, I don't know if he'd want to come back, especially with the opportunities he had. So I think a little bit maybe of, um, you know, some something for the fans, you know, how he chose to come back to us instead of going anywhere else. But I like to believe he had some options and ultimately he liked where he was at. Aiden, now we're talking about Dan Quinn coming back. It looks like by, def by default, Kellen Moore will be back calling the offensive plays for this Dallas Cowboys offense in 2022. Uh, what is your confidence number? One to ten, ten being the confident. Can this kid get rolling again? Because the way I look at it is the fact that he went out and interviewed for all these positions, and I think the last one that's possibly available to him would be the Miami Dolphins, but it seems like they're waiting to even get a hold of the Rams offensive coordinator, and he could be the front runner, right? So all of a sudden there's moving parts, and Kellen Moore seems to have not landed a head coaching job in the NFL. Now, is that a red flag for you? Like as far as like, Okay, nobody chose him, sort of like Dan Quinn, but Dan Quinn's already been established. He's been a head coach in this league, so I'm not talking about – I'm not comparing the two, but I'm comparing this boy wonder mentality. Like, he's the young mind. He's the offensive genius, right? He's, he, he's, he's, he's shown flashes of greatness where we're like, wow, look at that, right? But then he's – you know, there's a couple games that, that have surfaced even in 2021 where we're scratching our heads saying, what are we doing here? So where's your confidence in Kellen Moore if he is back in 2022? Ooh, um, solid. I'm going to put it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to put it as a solid like four, not <laughs> not in the sense that I think it's just going to be a complete collapse from Kellen and we're going to have no faith in him and he might even be out of a job in 23 that 2023. That's not what I'm expecting. I think Kellen will be OK, but I think now we have the standard of we saw what Kellen can do in weeks one through six. We saw like. When I was writing articles, it was I was close to saying this offense is unstoppable. Like, look at the way, look how efficient we are. We can't be stopped. And then it was just a complete decline. And I just don't know if we get back to that weeks one through six Cowboys offense ever again, just because maybe it was unsustainable in the first place. But I just think we're always going to hold Kellen to that standard. And when he doesn't reach that standard, we're going to be slightly disappointed. But I mean, I could see the offense gaining some type of consistency where it's kind of like 
the Rams offense, like what we just saw, where they're not going to they're not going to hang 45 points every game and they're not going to you're never going to consider them as among the league's best offenses, but they're going to do enough to get the game. They're going to win and they're going to do enough to keep you at least competitive in the game. And so I, th- I think that might be what we should hope for in terms of Cowboys fans is just that type of ceiling. And so I put it as an optimistic four. All right. Kind of low, kind of low, but it's okay. It's a, listen, uh, as Cowboy fans, that's, that's what we're have to, we have to program ourselves to lower our expectations about this team, because no matter what, you know, they can go 15 and two next year. And when they're hosting that first game, we're going to be like, well, let's see, you know, like we're not going to have that. Oh, we just beat up on the world mentality. 12 and five is beating up on a lot of teams. I don't care who, who they were. And six of them came against the NFC East. I don't care, man. Win is a win in the NFL. It's a hard, thing to do is win in the nfl i'd be remiss that we talked about quinn we've talked about more we've not talked about mike mccarthy mccarthy obviously was rumored to maybe be on the extreme hot seat with the availability now of sean payton right we did a whole round table about sean payton the week you know it took people to digest but it seemed like this the you know the fleecing of, of the new orleans saints they would have wanted it a little bit maybe too much for anybody to actually approach us and it looks like sean payton's headed to the booth right what now i'll pitch this same question to you tony what's the confidence level in mike mccarthy in 2022 now is this a lame duck season now that now that sean payton is literally available like it's not even it's not even a debate anymore like oh one day he'll be available like we know this now he's not with the saints it's over that run is over being that he's now sitting there in the wings right is this a do or die season for Mike McCarthy to win the Super Bowl? Because anything less than a Super Bowl title at this point right now is a failure in Dallas. And everybody knows that, you know, like we haven't gotten to the NFC championship games. Aiden wasn't even born yet. You know what I mean? Like, so it's been a very long time since we've gotten over the hump. Your confidence level in a Mike McCarthy led Dallas Cowboys team this year coming up. The confidence isn't high, and it's not a great situation for Mike McCarthy. I mean, if we're just looking at it, it just being blunt about it, um, to sit there, understand um, exactly what the relationship between Jerry Jones and Sean Payton is, and that's a very real situation, realer than it's ever been, right? I mean, this has been an off-season topic for years, and it's always been just smoke, and it's never been real, but now it's actually real. He's going to be in a booth. He said it himself. He's going to keep the door open to go and coach again, and Jerry Jones isn't afraid to pull that trigger if he needs to. So Mike McCarthy is literally standing square in the middle of do or die type situation this year. And and I think it's a tough situation to be in. So it's it's hard to have real high confidence in Mike McCarthy. I get I guess you could see what he's made of. I get right. I mean some of these some people take these situations and they thrive in them and some people fold. I mean I I, I just don't know and you know to be completely honest here because that's what we're doing on this show is trying to keep it as real as possible. Based on how they reacted to to little things that didn't go their way as far as refereeing or calls or any of that stuff. They didn't, they didn't handle that too well. So I can't imagine somebody peeping over his shoulder in a, in a lame duck season, really going over that well for Mike McCarthy. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you on that one. I think this is absolutely do or die for this guy. And look, Last year, it's so hard, man. Like, we have, obviously, the the first COVID year where it's hard for us to say, like, you know, to take that with any kind of uh, judgment. You you can't look at that season and say, like, 
oh, 2020, what a bust, right? We lost Dak. We lost the offensive line. We lost, the, you know, the, there was no crowd. And it's just a weird 2020 season. So then we come out this year. We do what we do, right? 12 and 5. We're kicking ass. But if you think about it, this all started back in August when we had hard knocks, right? And everybody, all eyes were on the Dallas Cowboys again. And we found out that Dak is a dog, right? Dak is a, when he's in the practice field, all of a sudden he's cursing out backups and stuff. You know, he's just, he's being that Mamba, Kobe Bryant type mentality. And we're all like, dude, oh my God, we're about to win this whole God darn thing because we have the quarterback, right? Season plays out the way it plays out. Now, I look at this as like this. I feel like, I know this is difficult to actually grasp. If you're a Cowboys fan, you know this isn't going to make any sense. We need to stay out of the headlines. We need to stay out of the, the newspapers. We need to stay quiet. We need to not do a mojo moment. We need to not get hyped about Dak Prescott throwing that first completion over to CeeDee Lamb where he makes this miraculous catch. You know, we need to just like kind of regulate our expectations here going forward because, look, the Dallas Cowboys are going to look a lot different next year. You know, there's going to be a lot of guys that walk out the door that we'll never see again, right? We're going to find out. And there's been a, you know, a report today that I read that, you know, Dak Prescott has some kind of clause in his contract where they're going to make some money, right? They'll make some money back. I, I think according to what I read of $16 million. What that does for them, I have no idea because you don't know who they're eyeing to bring back anyway. So that's kind of irrelevant at the time. But we're in the mix of the offseason, and while I think the Cowboys will look different, Aiden, the NFC might look a lot different next year, okay? There's a chance that we don't we don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, but that could be a Green Bay solve, right? If they go to Jordan Love, that team is not going to be the team, right? Same team, at least. Then you got Tom Brady, who has been linked, according to, you know, poor Adam Schefter. I say poor Adam Schefter, but I really don't care. Um, you know, he he went out there on a limb and said, look, he's out, you know, and then people doubled down on it um, throughout the course of the weekend. But now Tom Brady no longer with Tampa. And then, and then that NFC South's best quarterback is probably like Matt Ryan if he sticks around, you know. So the changing of the guard is now the NFC is looking like this is the Cowboys conference to take i mean yes you're watching the rams do work right and they're 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 incredible but they have the star power and they also have this win now window they're going to lose a lot of stars too they're not going to be able to afford a lot of these guys back right what is your outlook going forward if only if rogers is out of green bay brady retires can the cowboys just kind of start you know claiming the nfc is theirs at some point i mean you as a Cowboys fan right now, I'm not claiming the NFC East as anything either. for the Cowboys yeah. because, I mean, what have we done? We haven't even sniffed a Super Bowl for the last 26 years. And the, by the way, this isn't even to mention the fact that there's also a possibility that Russell Wilson's out. So you're just talking about, Very and true. this is what I this is what I brought up last week, where all the young quarterbacks are in the AFC. You don't really have that in the NFC. And it's just like, that's why I'm kind of confused about the whole if Jerry Jones actually believes that Sean Payton is the guy and he's Sean Payton can lead us to the promised land, why not just go all just give Sean Payton everything, give him the keys and say, we are in win now mode because we see the outlook of the rest of the NFC this next year outside of the Rams, the NFC is going to be completely wide open. So I, I think the Cowboys are in serious win now mode. I mean, you're talking about next year you could lose Dan Quinn to another head coaching cycle. Who knows what's going to happen with Kellen Moore? So it's there's so many question marks a year from now that if you just bring Sean Payton in, 
or whatever Jerry thinks needs to happen for a championship potential run playoff run this year, why not do it? Because the NFC East is just the Cowboys for the taking, which is weird to say since they haven't done anything the last 26 years. I mean, look, the, the way I see it is that if the Bengals could do what they just did and turn their entire franchise around within two years, right? The Cowboys have been trying to turn this franchise around for 26. You know what I mean? So it's 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 crazy to think about. But, you know, even both teams, the Rams, think about it. The Rams were not the world beaters five years ago without McVay. They were the nine and seven Jeff Fishers. You know, like that was their team. That, that was forever what they were billed as. So teams can like flip the script quick you know like when everybody we all saw what happened to the Chiefs last year in the Super Bowl right like Tampa Bay's front and their linebackers just out just just crushed Patrick Mahomes right so what did the what did the Chiefs do they built their offensive line back within a, a year right and now you saw some of the plays that he was making today given yeah they lost but like a couple of those plays like I felt like lasted for 40 seconds because that offensive line was just holding their ground and Patrick Mahomes was a magician back there until he wasn't right but now I I I look at this this conference as a whole going forward and I and I am confident in knowing that you know the the right quarterback is there uh the right tandem of running backs are there you got a lot of work to do on the offensive line they're getting old right Older, at least you're not, you know, the and maybe they just lack the skill. But Tony, my next question is is simply this: if if Sean Payton was available, which he is, right? Aiden just alluded to we should be pulling the trigger if we want to want to get things done, right? Is this just another case of Jerry Jones saying like I cannot admit to being wrong about hiring Mike McCarthy? Like there is a lot of situations where Jerry Jones was wrong. And it takes him years to address it. And then it sets us back years. Is this this another example of that? I mean, I think it's more an infatuation and, you know, how he feels about Sean Payton. I think uh, Mike McCarthy, uh, I think at the bottom line, he may not be the guy for the job. And it may be a short stint in Dallas. And, you know, I think looking at his resume, they probably felt good coming into it. Nobody predicted how the 2020 season was going to go, you know, injury pandemic whatever the case may be and then this year you go 12 and 5 feel real good about the season and get you know get stomped out in the wild card round but in a in a weird you know self-reflective fashion that wasn't really good reflective of the of the organization um I think if Sean Payton was available this year, I think it'd be a very real situation. I think Sean Payton may possibly be a cowboy. And even shout out to, you know, um, RJ who brought up the fact that Anthony Davis stopped the fact that Sean Payton may have been a a, a cowboy years ago. And so, um, you know, the fact of the matter is, I think Sean Payton took this whole situation and kind of pushed it out a year for us. Um, he's not going to coach until 2023, but I think once that 23, 2023 window minus, uh, a championship, we're going to be revisiting this about a year from now anyway. So we'll see what happens. Aiden, you agree with that sentiment as far as the fact that like the, the, the availability is not technically all there, but it's a little bit more there next year. Is this one of those things where Jones is, we're okay right now. We, are we going to, are we going to hear this old phrase? We like the guys we have because Technically, I guess we do. Do you agree with with Tony on this one? Yeah, I completely agree. I think that, like Tony said, most of it is the fact that I think Sean Payton is pretty honest about not wanting to coach this year. He said a couple teams have reached out to him 
I don't think the Cowboys are one of those teams, but I do think that Sean Payton's pretty serious about not wanting to coach this year, and paired with the fact that, I mean, we saw year after year of Jason Garrett getting a long leash, and after a 12-5 and season, I think it would be weird for Jerry Jones to fire McCarthy. Not saying that it wouldn't be the right move, but I, I, I'm with Tony. I, I think if Sean Payton's going to be a thing, it's going to happen in 2023. Staying in the NFC East, um, obviously the Giants have been pretty proactive in their in their search and hiring of uh, both, I believe, uh, yeah, both their general manager and their head coach. Tony, does this make the Giants not not so much contenders, but at least take them off the laughing stock skid? Like, are, 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 is this kid um, Dable going to be able to bring out the, I guess, the quote best of Daniel Jones? Is this a team we're going to have to start worrying about again, or could we just keep beating the brakes off him every time we play him? Well, you know, the, the Giants better hope so. And, you know, yeah, right. and I, you know, so for me, it comes down to the simple fact of coaches matter. We've seen that. Right. And, you know, bringing the right personnel at, in the front office matters. But what's going to boil down for the Giants, at least in the foreseeable future, is is Daniel Jones anything. Right. Can Daniel Jones produce? Because at the end of the day, it's either he's going to make it work or he's going to set them back. And right now it looks like he set them back. I mean, coaches again, fired left and right. And you can, you can talk about the play on the field. You can talk about the hard old mentality Joe judge had that just didn't work in that locker room. But at the end of the day, I, you know, the giants are the giants for me until they prove otherwise. Aiden, what do you think? Do you think with the Cowboys winning the division, the way they did it this year, right? They won it by three games, right? Which I actually predicted that. I said the Cowboys are going to win this division by three or four games, right? I had this feeling that nobody was going to touch them this year as far as the division was going. So I had them winning 11 games, right? So it wasn't like, you know, the rest of the teams were sub-500 teams to me. Um, do you think that there's any, like, big moves to be made within the NFC East to make, you know, to give Dallas a run for their money? Or do you think this division – should be ours for the foreseeable future. And when I say foreseeable future, at least the next two to three years. I'd go, they have it locked up. I mean, locked up's a weird word since we haven't even started the offseason. But I do think they. it's going to be really tough for them to lose the division next year. And I know y'all may not agree with me. I am worried about what the Eagles are going to be in a couple years. They're loaded with first-round picks. I don't think Jalen Hurts will ever be a, Patrick, he's never going to be a super, super special quarterback. But I think Jalen Hurts is a, like a Derek Carr type, where he's good enough to lead your franchise. He's not going to completely elevate the team, but he's good enough to keep you on the path that you're going. And so I think Jalen Hurts is an okay quarterback. They're loaded with first-round picks. They have a lot of young talent. I'm more, I don't think the Cowboys have this locked for... I, it's not a New England Patriots situation where they're just going to run away with a division every year simply because every other team isn't doesn't even give them competition. I I'm worried about the Eagles in a couple years, and I, I think Dable's a really good hire. So I am also worried about what the Giants would be if they got a good quarterback. Okay, so uh, that's a confirmed source by Aiden Davis that Daniel Jones is not a good quarterback. I mean, that's not that's not breaking news by any stretch. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, not... no, he's horrible. I'm. <laughs> I, I think Daniel Jones is one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, and I'll stand right. by that. All right, we're standing by it. I like it. I like it because I was really tired of uh, Eli being the uh, talk of the town for all those years, and then you know he's out of town, and you got you know got a guy that could trip over the twenty yard line gracefully. Um, so now looking ahead, right. 
the offseason is here for us. It's been the offseason for a couple weeks now. We do have one more game to play, and that'll be in the Super Bowl. It's kind of crazy. Tony, you pointed this out on Twitter, and I think I saw RJ say it too. Isn't it just insane the fact that we, you know, we went all these years with, with neutral ground, right? Neutral ground, neutral gang territory is how I used to say it, right? Where, you know, it, it wouldn't matter if it was in, uh, you know, uh, if it was in Dallas, there'd be two different teams. Or if it was in, in Tampa or Jacksonville, there'd be two different Back-to-back years, Brady takes his team to Tampa, and now Stafford's taking his team to L.A. Like, that's insane. It's 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 a total anomaly, right? I mean, we go 54 years without it happening, and now it's back-to-back years. Like, that's – I mean, it's crazy. It, and, you know, if anything, it's a definite inter- interesting fact. Um, It's definitely one of those RJ things he'd post up there that people would take interest in. So, <laughs> RJ has been uh, on a Twitter rampage lately. I feel like anything that ha- anything that happens um, – it, there's always a Dallas Cowboys spin, you know, there's always like, it could be like, well, the, the water I drank today was uh tasteless, but you know, who's also tasteless Kellen Moore in the fourth quarter of the final game, you know, <laughs> like just, there's always a spin. Oh man. All right. So look, there's one order of business that I want to talk about before we get out of here. And obviously it's the first thing that we're going to see. And that's free agency, right? The draft isn't until May. So obviously the Cowboys hold the 24th pick. I need one guy that you're bringing back at all costs, meaning take the salary cap out of this for a second because we really truly don't know what it's going to be. Like, there might go up, and then, like, you know, there'll, there'll be moves to be made, what they do with Cooper's contract, what they might do with Zeke or Dak or whoever. Tony, one guy, you're bringing him back. He's all he's guaranteed to come back with the Dallas Cowboys, and how much are you willing to pay? Go. You know, it's it's a tricky pick. I think you guys know where I'm going with this, but I value pass rush so much, and I value the effort that he plays with. I know he had some, you know, mental errors, and that's kind of just kind of been his career in a nutshell, but I'm bringing back Randy Gregory. I think him on the outside, and he's, you know, he's up there in age a little bit for somebody that's kind of going to get his money, but he has no, like, he has all this tread on his tires from, you know, past transgressions. So Randy Gregory is not your average run of the mill, like upper 20s year old free agent. Um, I bring Randy Gregory back at, uh, you know, a comfortable comparable number. I think that should be whatever, whatever is that, that top five, top 10 range of the defensive ends. I think he fits the bill of that where I think the Cowboys could be, you know, advantageous with this is the comfortability that they have with him understanding. Maybe they can get some, um, some language in the, in the contract that protects the team in the back end or whatever the case, if anything were to happen, but Randy Gregory, when he's on the field, when he's healthy, he's a definite game changer. He's, um, somebody that this team, they love. I mean, they've stuck by his side. There's some loyalty there. So I'm bringing back Randy Gregory all day. Aiden, who you bringing back, man? Yeah. I mean, my answer is probably Randy Gregory, even though I will say I am coming around on the idea that if the Cowboys can't figure out contracts and they're an absolute salary cap purgatory, I would be somewhat okay with seeing what happens if we just give Micah a full year at defensive end and just letting him and D-Law just squaring off at the quarterback. Now, with that being said, I would like to bring Gregory back, so I'm not completely advocating for that. I'd really like to see them bring J. Ron Curse back, and I would be okay if they threw a like a Tyron Matthew contract where it's an older safety, but you still know he's a he can change the defense. So like I don't know, I don't know what Tyron's making. I think somewhere around like probably fifteen million a year. I'd be completely fine if they threw that much money at J. Ron Curse and just said we we saw what you did for us this year. We know that you might not have gotten. 
acknowledge with it with like a Pro Bowl nod or whatever. But he completely changed this defense, and I'd love to see him back on a pretty sizable deal. Also, shout out to Dalton Schultz. I'd love if they brought him back too. I was just going to say, yeah, J. Ron Curse was going to be the guy I was going to say, but in the spirit of RJ, we'll, we'll do it where we can't bring back the same guy. So Gregory's coming back uh, with Tony. J. Ron Curse, man, I'm telling you right now, it has been such a long, long time since we had somebody as reliable as a guy like him, you know, at that position. It's just like you, you sit there and the, every draft that comes by, like, will they take a safety in the first round? I don't know, you know, and you're just like wondering and you're wondering and then it never happens. And, and he's been like, He's like a hybrid, you know, he's all over the field. He he takes away the tight end. You know, the tight end is just, I don't remember a tight end really eating us up this year. So I, I definitely agree with you there. J Ron curse is definitely a guy you want to bring back. Um, but I was going to, in my back of my mind, Dalton Schultz is a guy who definitely earned another contract with the Dallas Cowboys and the tight end. We've seen it with Tony Romo. We've seen it with Troy Aikman. We've seen it with all the Cowboy quarterbacks of old, you know, the tight end is your best friend when it comes to if, if, they're having problems on the outside where it comes to, you know, Cooper and, and and Lamb's having difficulty and the running game isn't going. That safety net of a good tight end is such an important thing for a young quarterback. And I still call and consider Dak Prescott even going into, what, year six, year seven now? It's like we feel like we've had him forever, uh, but he's still a young kid, man. And I think when, he, when times get tough, you can find a guy like Dalton Schultz. And he really emerged um, – as tight end one, right? That, that like that's not a debate anymore. I, I know Jarwin's the guy who signed the deal, and and unfortunately that there might be an out there. You know, I I don't know, uh, and I like Jarwin, I do. Um, but I, I look at Dalton Schultz and I say this kid, he's a baller, um, and I think that he's definitely going to be he's going to be very important uh, to Dak's uh, growth going forward. So if if you want an example of how much the tight end matters, the Rams have. Cup and OBJ, and they were force feeding Blanton after Higby yeah. got injured, and he was producing. So that's a perfect example of how much a tight end can change a game. Absolutely. And you, and you guys mentioned it. I mean, if you're talking about, I mean, we should just run the Cowboys because those are the three right there that I think everybody, you know, across the board would say, you kind of find a way to get these three together. Um, you're going to be in a good spot. But just to kind of touch on Jaron Curse a little bit, and I mean this with all due respect, he could go somewhere else and then go into relevant. Um, like, you know, go to, you know, fade away relevancy wise, because I think Dan Quinn and this team have him in such a way they're using him in such a manner that is, is so crucial to this defense. I don't know if a different team, maybe, you know, NFL is smart in the copycat league. They might be able to find a way, but he's just so useful and valuable to this team. I think that he would want to stay here as well. Yeah, no, that's a great point. That's a, that's a very good point. Um, he's found himself a home. You know what I mean? Like, it's not it's not his first rodeo, as some people say. You know what I mean? He's been around the block. He's been in this league. But he's really found a home under a Dan Quinn defense, and I totally I totally back that sentiment. Um, but, yeah, look, man, we got a lot of football stuff to talk about going forward in the offseason. Obviously, there's one more game to be played. Uh, we won't make any Super Bowl predictions yet because, obviously, we have – another week before the Super Bowl even plays out. And then the following week, we'll talk about the Super Bowl. So there will be a lot of things going down. It is the Dallas Cowboys after all. There's always something to talk about. Um, and it, it starts with the fact that, you know, we got to bring our boys back home, the guys that, you know, th that they covet, you know. So 
we'll see when the new year starts uh officially i believe i guess what march is that march something where the new league year starts and people go nuts and uh you know we'll be watching the underwear olympics soon which is the nfl combine you know that comes up soon at the end of february early march i think they do that thing in prime time now like uh, out yeah. of nowhere like oh we need ratings here we go let's let's <laughs> have these guys run around the cowboys hold the 24th pick in the nfl draft we'll get into that as we go um offensive line or linebacker or bust but We'll talk about it. We'll get into it. So for another episode, we are going to wrap this bad boy up. So for Dave Sturcio, Tony Catalina, and of course, Aiden Davis right here on First and 10. Enjoy the week of Cowboys coverage right here on the Blogging the Boys podcast network powered by SB Nation. And we'll see you guys next week.